on the board. Moto number four. Moto four. That's a good percentage. You're telling me percentage-wise. We, yeah. we did it. We did it. We are <laughs> in the 90 percentile of podcasts. Don't make it past that episode three no or way. moto three and they, they quit early so it's like in order to win in life the bar is not that high oh man a little bit of consistency man it's something that you keep preaching to me and you keep preaching yeah. to the office and, mm. and it's really something that until you're ready to listen it kind of goes on deaf ears sometimes you yeah. know what i mean yeah when you're in a groove and i'm sure everybody's been in that groove in some sort of sense of the meaning mm-hmm. like you just you're in it it's easy you just do it yeah right you don't I know you don't always want to but you do it you know what it, it's crazy and i just had a conversation with a buddy this morning because he was looking to get in fitness again and uh he's like hey do you know any where i can get a road bike and uh, at first I was like, you know what, uh, let me ask my brother because Cole's into it and I could probably find one through Justin or somebody would have some. But then I was in the shower and I was just thinking about it. I was just like, you know what, that's not the move. That's not the move. And you know why? And it's the same thing I preach to you is we got to start small. You got to start somewhere. And I don't want him to invest five grand, six grand, who knows how much to get a good road bike. Start with walks. I mean, start the smallest thing possible. Walk. And then we'll add to it. If you mm-hmm. can stay disciplined to that walk, and that's the hugest thing. Motivation is coming and going. There's mornings you probably wake up, you're like, man, I just want to work out. I just want to go riding. Mm-hmm. I want to do stuff. But just start with a walk. And that's what you've been back to. Because I, I've seen pictures of you when you were working out in the gym. You shredded huge. Mm-hmm. But that how hard did it take to get there? And now that you're a little bit more grown up, I think that this life gets in the way. And you've got to find that time and that discipline um, mm-hmm. to get back to where you were. I saw this uh, again, like you sent me these like morning listens and it's something that's been, you know, just, I've been really hounding in on and it talks about neurological like activators and things that just activate you to do stuff. So whether it's a reminder of something that you see in the morning or if it's at your workstations, like figure out the places that you spend the most time throughout your day, whether mm-hmm. that is, you know, in your office, when you get, if you're at work or you work at home and your goal is to drink more water, we'll leave a water bottle yeah. there mm-hmm. that reminds you, Hey, I should probably drink this water. Mm-hmm. Don't leave it in the fridge because you won't remember it as easy or when you get home and you know in the bathroom if you've been you want to do a new face thing Mm -hmm. a new cream or something have that readily available and if you want to put it there if you want to lotion or moisturize more often Mm -hmm. leave a bottle at your office leave a bottle in your car leave a bottle beside your nightstand and those mental activations yeah will happen so much easier for you. That's uh it got right? me thinking about something. I forgot my vitamins this morning and that's because it's in the it's in the cabinet. I always remember, you know, n- 9 times out of 10, but you got me thinking I forgot the vitamins. So, right? You should like, you should have a pack I, at work. I know, I I do. I need to bring some to work and just have it in my drawer and yeah. and like, oh, I forgot, just take them. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's pretty easy and I'm going through them, so I, it's not like I'm not going to use them. Exactly. So, yeah. just those little activations, but yeah, like and where you're saying start small with the walks and stuff for me, it's like, I I don't necessarily have the passion for fitness like you do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And I know a lot of people that we're friends with don't always love it. And mm-hmm. it's not a fun conversation. Yeah. You're just like, ah, shut up. Like no mm-hmm. one cares. Like go to the gym, whatever. But at the same time, whenever you are doing it, you do feel good. And it does trickle into so many other parts of mm-hmm. your life. So, for me, it's not necessarily about the, 
the look or the outcome or anything like that. It's the energy and my mental fortitude that, mm-hmm. you know, thrives from me staying active. And yeah. You know, they say 20 minutes a day walking adds 10 years to your life. Like, Oof. like it's crazy. Stack those years up. Yeah, it's I know. Crazy. And, you know, just to relate it to moto, it's, it's for, for guys that are in pro and uh, finding it hard to be motivated to do training or whatever, it's blows my mind. Like you are at an age where you could, your results based, you know, everybody's going fast. You can, you can work on your talent, your, your skill set. But if you don't have a good base of fitness, like you're not making it far in pro. And it's like, where, why, why wouldn't you have the motivation to, to pound out, you know, some good workouts and, and get that fitness level up, that VO2 max up. And that's something that can improve with good fitness. So I just think that, you know, there's people out there, the young crowd that are riding dirt bikes that should have plenty of motivation, but you see the reasons why they get out of the sport early because it's work. It's too hard. They, they just, it's exhausting. They just want to, they lost that, that fun of just riding your dirt bike when you're like a little kid, like in sixties, fifties, where you just rode and that's it. As soon as it becomes work, you see a lot of guys go, well, it's kind of funner to hang out with my girlfriend or go chase these girls around or guys, if you're a woman's racer and, and that's funner and easier. But man, I'm telling any young kid in that teenage years going into the twenties. And if your parents support you, you have support chase that dream as long as you can i I just think that why not because guess what you're going to come to prison working and you're going to live prison the rest of your life until you retire enjoy it and race as long as you can it's so funny that that last point was all that was going through my head i wish every 16 year old to 20 year old that is going through that burnout or you know, lack of motivation i'd rather be with my friends my buddies or at this party or that party I wish every single one of them could fast forward their life by five, 10 years, mm. be 30 years old and have to clock in and pay your bills and do all that stuff. I wish that just for a moment, a 16 year old could see themselves, you know, if they keep going in this direction, working hard and make a few sacrifices, mm-hmm. what 10 years from now looks like for them. Or if they go to that party every weekend and, I'm not saying you have to be so disciplined. I mean, it depends what you want to do in life. Like it really does. You get the work that you put in and everything. Yeah. But if you just quit now and then you end up out of the sport, Mm -hmm. out of moto, you settle for something that you don't like, like you're going to be miserable. If you think about it and, and sometimes that money grabs them. Sometimes it's the party. Sometimes it's whatever it grabs them and takes them in. And, and, uh, honestly, most parents, and I, I dealt with motocross camps for years, most parents just want their kids to find passion. I know I want my kids to find passion. It's a little bit different than moto. It's horses, but I'm just happy they found something. Like my 12-year-old's just embraced it and loves it. So when you're in moto and your parents are still supporting you at late teens, early 20s, I'm sure there's a lot of parents that are like, yeah, we're done. We're cutting off and, and you can go on your way. But majority of them will support you till the day you die. And if they're buying you a bike every year, just put out the, the you know, put that good foot forward, put that best foot forward and, and work hard at it while you can. And you're going to have friendships. You're going to have life lessons slash experience and memories that you can't put a price tag on. It's like, it's like what you were just saying. I, again, these are just like little notes that I've been gathering from my morning walks and mm-hmm. some stuff I've been in- ingesting myself but it was this guy talking about when he makes it 
or his dad calls him, you know, his dad wasn't super supportive of his, you know, childhood dreams or whatever. And when he wanted to go be an entrepreneur, it was one of those situations. And some people, their families, it goes one of two ways. Your parents are ride or die usually mm-hmm. with, you know, support you. I got you. But some of these people, that might not be the case or the people mm-hmm. around them might, you know, constantly instill a little bit of doubt in them. Well, when his dad called him like five years later, he had made it, you know, he's doing well. And, you know, his dad's just trying to do an olive branch. And for what it was worth, that's probably what it was. But Mm -hmm. his response wasn't that. His response was, you know, when, you know, I get called up to do an award ceremony and every person goes, I'd like to thank my mom and dad and Mm -hmm. my girlfriend and all the people that supported me. He said, I'm not going to thank you because you didn't believe in me. Mm-hmm. I'd made this happen for yourself and that, you know, whether you have it or you don't have it, you know, the, the support, you got to take some onus and look inside a little bit mm-hmm. and just be like, okay, this is what I want. Yeah. No one's going to do it for me. No one's approval matters. What you end up with your family in 10 years from now, you know, with your own children, your own spouse, like you have to provide that life that you want and you got to take a long look in the mirror. But anyways, yeah, it's, uh, it's been nice just yeah. kind of getting your mental state right. Um, and, it, and it, like I said, it's trickling into all aspects, even for me and work and staying sharp and focused. And I'm, I'm stoked for it. Yeah, I think a big thing is being grateful too. You know what I mean? Like uh, I find that listening to a lot of, um, you know, podcasts that talks about fitness to mental health to all the other stuff is is just be grateful for what you you have and where you built up to and start small and, and keep building off that is the, mm. is the key because like I say to my buddy Bill every day and, and uh, there's a couple quotes obviously Joe Rogan says one that's like layers of paint right you know you can just keep layering that stuff on mine is is brick by brick kind of thing and build that foundation each day is is just try to improve that one percent or that half percent and and that can go with anything, with moto, with hockey, with life, with everything. Is just each day try to improve that little bit and just be a better person. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for you going through all that stuff and, you know, you're kind of trickling it, bounce a little bit into like, you know, some business stuff that you've mm-hmm. been accumulating and like, you know, something that a lot of people don't see, but I'm sure would be like pretty entertained by is, your journey from you know just being the coo mm-hmm. you know up in in the c-suites and just you know doing your operations tasks to transforming yourself into a very well-rounded knowledgeable person in the media space yeah right like uh, you you've transformed from operations which for lack of a better was just organization on your port part mm-hmm. and you know just making sure that the train was yeah. on the tracks yep. to physically being hands-on behind the scenes. Like you design logos, you made the ride TV mm-hmm. logo, you, triple crown. you know, triple crown logo, like Inside. physically, these are things that you've, you've yeah. designed and you've done stuff for parts Canada. You've made all this stuff. So like, and we always talk about a YouTube university. Yeah. That's oh, something man. that we do and we take but you took Uh, that in your own hands no one taught you i know but we like i feel like we're all the same in this office and you you went to like post-secondary school um but justin and i didn't i don't know al did you go to yeah he did too um 
Al doesn't have a mic yet, but he's here with the boys. <laughs> we got to get him. This podcast's yeah. not making any money. I we know. Have, we don't have <laughs> budgets. As soon as to... we get a couple of dollars coming, a couple of shekels come in, we'll, <laughs> we'll try to get you one off Facebook Marketplace or something. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, back to that. It's, um, man, I tell, I, I preach this to my kids. And the old, you know what I love is the fact that my dad, who's in the older generation, gets it. And it's because he dropped out of high school and and uh, went on his own way and had a successful business. But there's a lot of people in that generation that are like, you got to go to school, you got to go to to college or university. You have to, have to, have to. To me, that's a prison. It is. It, it literally. I I tell Gracie every day, and that's my oldest daughter. I say, learn how to read, write, be able to uh, articulate what your you know what your thoughts are into paper form or email form or whatever, and then basic math. I said, you can learn everything you need past that on YouTube. We are living in a generation that is just remarkable. Learning is free to me. Learning is free. Um, Not too long ago, I jumped on uh, Adobe Premiere, which is a video editing thing. And that's um, obviously uh, you've taught me a lot. But like anytime you're not around, I'm just on YouTube. Quick little YouTube search. Boom. I figured it out. I do a couple uh, repeats on how to do that. And I've got it. It's in the toolbox. Um, uh, AI, Adobe Illustrator, learn that through YouTube. Photoshop, learn that through YouTube. That was kind of like the first project Justin gave me when we started doing Arena Cross and I started doing behind the scenes, not the setup so much. I do the lead up, the posters, the Instagram post was Photoshop. That's the first thing I learned and it's just trial and error, man. And you know how that is. Yeah. You've, you've learned so many programs yourself, um, After Effects and all these other ones that you just, you just keep putting in the toolbox. And I guarantee it's all YouTube. Yeah, man. Like everything that I, I've taught myself how to fully produce shows at a national Fox Sports One, mm-hmm. CBS Sports show Mad level. TV. Yeah. Every network I've dealt with every network, and there is no instruction manual mm-hmm. that says this. Like MXF OPA One Five Point One Surround Sound. This channel has to be, you know, channels one through four our left right center lfe like and i'm not just spitting out words and numbers those are all actual things that need to be done for these and there is no step-by-step instruction manual and i didn't go to school for that but Mm. what what i can say is if you want to learn or if you need to learn and have the will or strength or whatever then you can do it like just no excuses you know what i mean like why i'm so fascinated even with your journey as Mm -hmm. well um, just everyone in the office. Yeah. Well, I just got a new setup. Yeah, I've sent you the photo Dude, of it. Nice, a nice little wide screen. So, uh, working off the laptop is, is fine. It's great. The MacBook pro we, we've done a lot of work, but getting a full screen. And I know you have one in the office where you got the full screen, man, that's a game changer for editing and doing work. Uh, mm-hmm. workflow is just so much better and mm-hmm. it's pumping out. So I, I honestly like coming to the office. I'm like, Oh God, I just got my laptop. I'm like, I just kind of wish to be at my home office, which is, is a change. But that's like what I was saying the other day. I was talking about like, we need to do some like office renos yeah. a little bit because mm-hmm. we are, yes. we've grown so much and we do spend so much time in our own little space like mm-hmm. this is a creative agency really like mm-hmm. you know as much as promoters is at the forefront and we do the canadian nationals and that's great you know people don't see that that's two months out of the year and we have to stay employed for 12 months yeah we're doing god 200 yeah. shows a year i just got back from laguna seca yeah doing, it's a lot it's yeah. opposite of what Jetwork started, and and we can touch on that as as far as because I know you talking to Cody, one of our uh, guys that we work with out, uh, and you were with him Laguna, 
uh, talking about the, his interest and in, in how this all kind of came to yeah. fruition. And uh, it's kind of, it's a law. It's a, you know what the biggest thing is? And I'm going to tell you the beginning, kind of the end of the beginning is never shy away from a, another door opening. And that's, and you've noticed that big time since you came here and well, we started working 2019, 2020. Um, we, we never shy away from a new door. And uh, going back when Justin and I were young, it was track building with like just front end loaders, just shitty front end loader tractors building stuff. And then we're like, oh, we got our first rental of a dozer and learned how to run a dozer. And obviously between Justin and I, he he spent more time doing that kind of stuff just because he was the older one. Um, and he's a little bit more like, well, way more talented in my opinion. I'm more of a, a trench guy. I'll be in the trenches. I'm a glue guy. You know, if you talk to the hockey team, AL, talk to the hockey team. I'm not the best skilled player out there. I'm a bit of a pigeon, but, uh, you know, I'm a glue guy. You're I'm still a in the room. C-suites, though. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. You're still... I'm a locker room guy. Dude. I'll get the team riled up and we'll go yeah. win some games. But, uh, yeah, so we started doing the track building and then we shifted into motocross schools. So we did motocross schools for a while and MX schools. And then Justin was still racing arena cross. He got a gig building tracks at arena cross. And then... We bought that uh, series AX Tour down south off Robbie McQuarrie, which is a name that comes up later on in this story, this quick story I'm going to give you. We ran that for seven years down there. And I remember the first time, the first arena we went to, Batesville, Mississippi, beautiful arena. Didn't realize how cheap it is to rent those buildings down there. This this arena puts a lot of arenas around here to shame. And it was 15, 1600 bucks to rent for the, the weekend. Like what? Like we could just go riding dirt oh man had dirt in it already it was it's awesome mississippi anyways i remember the semi truck of of equipment and tough blocks and and structure backed in there and i looked in there and i'm like where the hell do we start and how are we supposed to do this in one day we're building this this dirt floor we're going to build into a track we're going to put all this structure up starting line up here and run a race and at that point batesville 2011 december 2011 I had no idea how to run a race. I was put in a position to ref a race. So I'm now the AX Tour ref. I'm like, okay, sure, we'll do whatever. And none of the staff from the original AX Tour that he bought it from was there because Robbie hired a lot of Mexican employees, which, man, I wish I had them. Mexican workers are the best workers out there, hands down. They will grind it, grind all night, all day, just to have whatever, you know, whatever they're doing. It's, I can appreciate their work ethic. It's amazing. Anyway, so we had none of those past employees and we, we had to put this race on with stuff. We had no idea how to put the structure together. Like how Justin knew a little bit because he's seen what they were doing through those years he was building the tracks. And we just, just swing it, you know, jet work style. We get it done. And that's, you know what I mean? It's what we talk about often is the fact that give us a job, give us a deadline, we'll get her done. And uh, we'll figure it out if we don't know how. And that's where YouTube comes in handy. But there was really no YouTube videos of how to put our arena cross on. Anyways, we did that for several years. Then we sold it to Jay Reynolds, um, a guy that still runs arena crosses down there. We actually worked with later on. Uh, And then 15 and 16, we did Canadian arena cross. So it kind of overlapped there and started working with Rockstar, Kelso, and Jordan. And we had a 2017 schedule lined up for arena cross. And then we x it because we didn't want it to overshadow anything we were doing with the triple crown, which came out in 2018, bought the CMRC from Stally brass for pretty penny. And then 2018 rolled around and we started the triple crown and, and man, so many hurdles and so many life lessons there. Dude. And, and so at this point, before to even like jump too far into mm-hmm. the story, cause this is good, great stuff for people that haven't heard this, like, 
beginning in trenches, but coming into getting the Triple Crown series, give us a little bit how like at this point that's the only thing that you guys are doing. Yeah. Right? Year oh, round. Yeah. So the plate was even though it was a massive undertaking at the time, yeah. If you think about it in today's, you know, what we got on the plate now. Yeah. Like bring bring the guys back to like that's the only okay, so thing we're doing. Yeah. Twenty seventeen and, and prior to that, I was still working with my brother Cole, helping him mechanic, train him and stuff like that through I started with him in like oh five when he was on sixty fives all the way up till his first few years of pro, like I want to say twenty thirteen. Um, so I was doing that and then I started Frank fit in the meantime while we were doing promotions. So Frank fit and, uh, training kids and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, so 2017, it was Justin and I in his, his house at his kitchen table working towards something that we didn't know if it was going to work. We were trying to get the OEMs on board and convince them that this is the new way. This is, we're going to be better than what it was. Um, we're working on rockstar. They had, Justin flew to LA, sat in Jason May's office, and that's what convinced him. That was the the turning point for Rockstar to go, yep, these guys have something going. We're going to jump ship here, and we're going to go that direction. And like we already had a relationship with them through Arena Cross. They just converted all their energy to put it towards us. And uh, they seen a future, and, and we worked with those guys for three years straight, four years straight with 2017 and to build the Triple Crown. Um, and then, man, to have a pandemic – Man, you you lived through it. Dude. You know how the struggles were, and and people still like, oh, the triple crown is downhill. Actually, had a comment on one of our socials, TikTok. TikTok. I saw it. So I messaged the guy and and just said, man, I would love to treat you and a buddy to an event, whatever's closest to you. Please come and and check it out. See behind the curtain. See the hurdles that we deal with on a weekend and what we do to try to make this sport better and provide jobs to mechanics, riders, managers, owners, tracks. You know what I mean? Like they just, they so narrow minded, but it's just like, I just, it caught me. That comment got me. And usually I don't bite in. I don't care because you're going to deal with a lot of negative comments personally or against your business or whatever. But I'm like, you know what? One person, let me change one mind. And I don't know. He was... He's like, oh, I'll buy my tickets to support. I'm like, it's not about that. I'm just yeah. like, I... No, yeah. it's, but it's exactly why we're diving into this story right mm-hmm. here, you know? There is so much that happens on the day-to-day behind the scenes that nobody sees, understands, or not that they don't understand always, mm-hmm. but they just, they don't see the... They don't see Alec on the phone with MRC, mm-hmm. you know, producer Al with... You know, he's, That's, he's the head of MRC. He has a great to deal story with there. I got a good story on, on that. Yeah. Note before you finish is, uh, you know, this past weekend we had a rider from out West that disregarded a move up. Like they got moved up from junior to intermediate and, and last minute the race in the next day texts me at, I think it was 9 PM our time and said, Hey, can you help me? And I was like instantly on the phone with Alec and Daryl, like, guys, we need to sort this. This kid needs to ride tomorrow. He wants to ride junior. How do we sort this? I personally looked at his stuff and, and was like, yeah. But where are you going to find that? That's what I'm saying. It's like, where are you going to find that on a Friday night that Al wasn't out having a couple of rum and Cokes with his wife and and just, man, he doesn't need to work at that hour. No. I'm not expecting him, but he was good enough to jump in, email back, sort it out with Daryl and get it done. And I'm like, people just don't see that. And they, they see, oh, it's a big money generator, but it's not. It's not. And it's a lot of hours, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for not the paycheck that, you might think that is being had behind the scenes. It's really not like, mm-hmm. 
It's really not. Everyone is doing their absolute best in this sport. All motorsports are yeah. driven off of passion. Mm-hmm. There is very few people that are making money, that mm-hmm. are actually making money from motorsports. And I'll tell you, it's nothing to do with anyone who's racing them. Yeah. Yeah. I know you take a, a team for example let's take uh, Kevin Tyler's MX 101 team and obviously Kevin Tyler runs the schools out of his place he runs a track he runs the team and when you're a team owner you're pretty much a promoter and when you're a promoter every single person is going to get paid before you get paid mm-hmm. so you have an event your riders do well those bonuses got to get paid your mechanics travels got to get paid they've got to get paid and then Kevin Tyler's going to look in the little bucket after and see how much money's left and it's probably going to be a negative and he's like, well, I'm going to have to put on some more schools. I'm going to yeah. have to put more riders through this track to make up for the mm-hmm. loss this past weekend. Yeah. And and then it's always it's always people asking for free and this mm. and that. And I get it. Like, you know, we all love to help out our buddies and stuff yep. like that. But the thing I've grown to appreciate a lot in life is those people that I have around me that support me without asking for the free ticket or the free. Mm-hmm. Not that I have a problem with doing it here or there no, or whatever, but it's like. You know, the truest people that are always around us mm-hmm. are the type that just that buy it and they don't even say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, they just they do it because that's they how they support. How'd you get a ticket? Yeah. Paid for it. I'm like, oh, bro, like I probably would have mm-hmm. like, you know, it would be one of my best friends, TJ or something. Oh, yeah. dude, like I would have comped you a yeah. ticket or whatever. But yeah. he just, you know, he's got his gate, his entry fee and whatever mm-hmm. is camping, whatever the case. But yeah, the, the behind the scenes of, you know, going from that. So now you guys are in 2018. And then we go through 2018 was pretty good, but then we hit COVID years. Yeah. Right. And and COVID just like we, we had six event weekends Mm -hmm. in a whole year. Yeah. Think about that. This business was trying to stay afloat off of six weekends. There's no spectators. It went from the first year was February till late November and there was 19 events. Yeah. Uh, The next year we cut it back a little bit. I think we hit. 17 or 18 mm-hmm. over March till November. So a little bit smaller window, but throughout the year. So it kind of yeah. kept us busy. And then 2020, 2020, you go to like a two month, if, if that, yeah, to a month and a half, we were bang, bang, bang right through it. And, and, and think about this. I don't know anyone that would be listening. I know there's a few more listeners now, yeah, which is great. Appreciate it. Like but maybe seven. Yeah. Maybe seven now. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, you know, I don't know if anyone has had any logistics experience of how much it costs. I'll just go simple mm-hmm. to have a transport truck drive from drive across to Ontario. Mm-hmm. Tell me the mm-hmm. price of that. Yeah, the fuel. And tell me after all the people that it takes to put on a race, all of the staff that you have to have in a hotel still with no spectators, which is how these outdoor events make money mm-hmm. try to make money there's nothing allowed mm-hmm. so you're just shoveling all of this out if with we, nothing coming through the funnel what we need to do is get our seven followers to get seven friends but then those friends get two more friends like a pyramid scheme dude. and then we're laughing dude we're getting spectators dude. we're laughing bro you know so it's like they just the again it just blows my mind mm-hmm. that you know we're still able to again trump through that and like you said never saying no to doors that are along the way because that winter came around and we're like what the hell do we do this is where jay reynolds comes back into the picture so jay reynolds was that 2020 that was 2020 uh november yeah it would have been it would have been so COVID happened yeah christmas 
Right after Christmas. So yeah, prior to that, we got into the live view and the the more sufficient way of doing broadcast uh, through COVID, which was a blessing. And that just opened up so many doors that year. We did Inside X for the first time and thanks for Royal, Yamaha, KTM, uh, Parts Canada, all jumping on to keep us employed uh, through that period. And obviously we lived up to our needs for having races as well. We did mm-hmm. take a pay cut from a lot of those just because we didn't have our 15 events that we typically mm-hmm. would have. But then, yeah, jump into Jay Reynolds, who we sold our series to, you know, five years before that. And he hires us to do the broadcast and then go from there. And we're just getting more jobs. And now we're on the AMA arena cross for the last yeah. two years. AMA Enduro Cross, Best in the Desert, Sturgis. Uh, you just got back from Optima Streetcar. Um, I'm probably missing a bunch yeah. there. So in, in, in yeah. it's so, and this is where, you know, my intersection into this has kind of changed. You guys came from the promoter world and we all dove into media but you know i kind of come from well i i was interested in that and i came here with the purpose of media Mm -hmm. but my original saying i remember sitting at justin's desk when i first got hired and saying if it ever gets to a point where i'm dealing with broadcast more than i'm making content i don't want to do it (laughs) and funny and and it's that's a funny ass story because to me now i'm my brain is literally the opposite yeah. I know it's crazy. Like, I mean, I'm out of films. It's still yeah, like, yeah. I'm, but I find way more enjoyment from producing a full show. I, yeah, I know. And I, I wonder do what changed. Picking up the camera. I wonder what changed there. Um, you right, Al? Um, because you were so dead against it. I remember you're like, man, just content, content, content. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I find. I like the content side, but I, I do see where you're coming from with the broadcast. It's it's putting something together that's so massive and it's it all stems through you. You know, you're the roots of this project and, and everything from camera guy's location to the audio to the video to what we're capturing, camera switches, working with Al who's in the studio. There's so much you're doing. And I think when you're when you're a busy person, the more you put on your plate the more you feel like you get that dopamine hit yeah. that serotonin and it's just like, man, this feels so good. Yeah. And, and I think that's I, what you're riding. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I don't know. It just has, it's switched like, like this weekend uh, at Laguna Seca. Um, we, have we been white flagged yet? Yeah. White flag, but I'm going to let you finish your thought. Yeah. So at Laguna Seca, we, we come out and that facility is so massive and you know i got a team of 10 guys there that i've got to coordinate through all them and then i've got studio here and you know making sure Mm -hmm. all systems are in link and that's just 10 cameramen and not including you know the optima series you know scoring and timing promoter uh adam who's helping with that eric their course manager whether tracks hot just so 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 many things to you know, yep. keep in line and keep going in the forward direction so that the show can happen, and that alone to me is like mm-hmm. an amazing, an amazing feat when it all goes well. Yeah. But at the same time, like, dude, my brain was at maximum capacity on yeah. Sunday. I seen I, a video on uh, yeah. Brad's story. You look a little exhausted and just I worn puked out. on myself. Oh, there you go. Work so hard, you puked. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm and I, you, I and I and I showed up I got home yesterday. I took yesterday to kinda un unwind. Mm-hmm. That was one day. Yeah. And this is what people don't see. And I I'm not saying this as mm-hmm. a, anything like that. I did all of that travel, all that thing, working myself to literally puking on myself. Mm-hmm. 
It's gross, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. you. I took yesterday to go out, go out for a walk, go swing some golf clubs at the driving range. I was up at 7 a.m. this morning, went out, did the same thing again, right to the office, yeah. and I'm back here. Yeah, that's a good little reset. You do need that day, though, after travel, especially it's, from it's LAX. One day. Oh. You know, people are like, oh, I need my two, three-day weekends. Like, dude, mm-hmm. that, I had that one day yesterday. If I were to really do it, like, I, yeah, I just worked all weekend, whatever. You know, you want to have a weekend. My weekend would have been Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah. What am I going to do, dude? Yeah, I know. But, you, I mean, coming here, you're hanging with the boys anyways. Yeah, so. it's, it I mean, it's different, like but that's something that I, again, from the start of this podcast, I really, you know, I had a moment of gratitude after coming back in yesterday when I was out by myself, I mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, had a moment of just like, damn, like I wish everybody, whether it's people from my hometown or people that I've met along this way or any, anything like that, anyone who's feeling stuck, like I just, I push all people to just explore passion and yep. follow that. I made a post a long time ago. It was like, stop telling kids they can't make money off of dreams. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just it. so true, man. Like you just find, find something, like. grab it and go. Hey, And you know what? It's a lot of people out there that like what they do. And if you like it, you're enjoying it. It makes you get out of bed and you're happy. Keep doing it. Yeah. I don't care if you're cleaning toilets or whatever. If it makes you happy, keep doing it. Yeah, for keep sure. Doing it. So anyways, we, we must have beat the clock, and then now we got the white flag here, so, you know, yeah. we beat the clock. So, you go ahead. You got a question, uh, the two laps here? Yeah. Okay. So, my question for you is, and it kind of talks into a lot about what this today's episode was, but, mm-hmm. you know, at the start of all of that, you know, you and Justin era, 2011 to now, what was the turning point for you that was like, okay, I'm never going to fit a regular nine to five. That won't be me. And what is your, your drive or like, where do you find your passion in all of this? To be honest, it's probably prior to that. I think, um, I don't know if it's, I, I don't want to say it's like, like a laziness and I just didn't enjoy like regular work. I don't know what to pinpoint it, but I would go back. Like, obviously I worked with my dad's shop for months at a time in the winter time before we'd go south to train as a pro motocrosser. So I, I got up at the, you know, 6 a.m. to go to work and, and work on locomotives that are greasy and dirty and not fun. Um, I had a couple other jobs with some friends working in steel shops um, just to, you know, it's, it's good for somebody to, to see that side. I'm glad that I took the time to do that when I was younger I would say from 17 to 22 ish. And then we started the motocross schools and whatnot. And, um, but honestly, it's just, it's, it's all passion and what I like to do. It doesn't feel like work. And I didn't care. I wasn't chasing, I wasn't getting rich off of this. I just love it. And I think that's, that's all you got to do in life is just find something you really, really enjoy and do it because that you're never going to work, man. Like you're here, you should have been off today you work so hard this weekend with the Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal and you're here to work and do stuff because you love it. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, man, like the, the nine to five, I just couldn't get my head around doing it. I just felt like I was just spinning wheels. Do you have a, like a, a, like if you sit and think about it for a second, do you have a pinpoint and I'll give you an example for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a young kid in school, I was never necessarily, I mean, I wasn't a great kid in school. Yeah. I was, I was not bad, but like, I just, I had a problem with authority. It, it was what it was. So when I, when I go back to my, my roots, I never had a father figure in my life. My mom was amazing. Mm-hmm. She still is mm-hmm. amazing, but I, I never had someone that I could, 
genuinely, you know, accept their authority, I would say. Yeah. You know, so when I was in school and getting in trouble, I remember going to my principal's office in grade six and my, it was the vice principal at the time who was my classroom teacher before this. And we had going on and she's still, you know, a friend to this day, I would say, like if I needed anything and, you know, she's a, a great human being, great human being, Tammy Constantine, mm-hmm. God bless her heart. But I sat in her office and she looked at me and it was the first time in my life that after being in trouble, it wasn't someone trying to like scold me or anything like that. She looked at me and she said, Isaiah, I don't know if you'll ever retain this really, but she's like, you will never be fit to work for somebody in a regular job. She's <laughs> like, I don't say that mean, but you need to think about what interest you at the time she knew i was i love basketball it was mm-hmm. my thing she's like you need to chase your passion isaiah Jeez. and she told me this from grade six and i remember this so vividly that's impressive it is it it's like a that moment a switch hit for me that i knew i was never so when everyone was going through you know the search of oh am i gonna be in trade school yeah, am yeah. i gonna be here am i gonna be there that was never it for me and yeah, i never yeah. stressed about it because That's wild. I, I said, I'm going to figure it out and it's going to be something that I love to do. That's pretty cool. Like I love just, and she was so, such a minor role really, yeah. but it was such a major play by her to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, because she probably, it's probably, you didn't have many conversations with her. I, I imagine mm-hmm. like small window Yeah. and that stuck with you for all these years, yeah. 20 or less than 20 years, but yeah. still that's impressive. And it'll stick with you for life now that you've, Forever. you've said it in your head a million Ever. times. Um, well, and that's I like that. I honestly I can't pinpoint it. Yeah, I can't I can't uh, be like this date whatever. I just can't. I just always just open door here. Okay, we'll try that out. You know, oh that door kind of sucked. Let's it. go find another door. And um, I I think we'll still open doors. I, yeah, <laughs> we got some irons in the fire here at Jetworks yeah. and that haven't been released yet, and it's tip different than the broadcast. It's different yeah. than that. So we'll see where it takes us. But I'll uh, I'll do my question on the last lap here, and it's a lot lighter than what we've been talking about. <laughs> is uh, 4 p.m. Say you're coming home from work Friday night. What's the ultimate meal? Drinks? Where are you going? Uh, and uh, you know what? Make it even one better. What city you wanted to go to? Anything like that. You can add anything. You can do Sarnia if you want. Oof. Just do something. Man, you said that's light, but that's like that's that hits like <laughs> I can do anything, you know. Is this something that's like a one off experience nah, or name or is this mean, like some a, of your buddies you want to hang out with if it's about your hometown, just like oh something you used to do, you're like, Oh, this was you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Throwback. Man, you know what's crazy? So I'd start out four o'clock, I'd get home. I would love, love, shout out to Salisbury, New Brunswick. I would do anything in the world for a Donair pizza right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Pizza mill? Holy. Skip the dish. Anybody right, who right from actually knows me knows that that is the best pizza in the world. Don't question me. Don't mm-hmm. say anything about I it. I would do anything for that to be waiting for me at 4 o'clock when I get home. Okay. Followed by an evening out with the boys. Yeah. You know, I think I would choose that over anything. I think that that's huge. It's a huge play too, because it's just fun having good laughs with the boys. It's the one thing that I, I moved up here during COVID Mm -hmm. and came up here totally by myself, obviously knowing you, but at that time we were not near the relationship that we have now, obviously, but I came up here. I didn't even know Austin lives here. Yep. 
Yeah, you do. You're like, oh, that's cool. I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. You know, Big Al wasn't up here. Nope. Nobody. My yep. whole family, everything I had known was back there. Wild. And so I just fully committed. And so to me, something that I've learned to appreciate is the people around me, mm-hmm. you know, in all circumstances. So, you know, I'm getting home, crushing a good meal with the guys, and I'm going to pick. We're going out and doing something um, on the water. Oh, yeah. Absolutely nice summer love night. the water. It's not dark till like 9.30. 9.30. We're down there hitting some jet yeah. skis. A-Dub's got the spot. A-Dub's got the spot. I got a nice brand new pontoon boat that's waiting for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> go. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and, I can uh, deal with that. Yeah. And then we're down oh, I would water. say grab the pizza, go right down to the old pontoon. I'm thinking so. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking so. We got to get extras though. I need my own. Yeah, you love the, <laughs> you do love the water. I, I like the water too. But I remember you came came here and you had a, a sea dew. I believe you yeah, saw that. Me, spark, TJ, we were all ripping those nonstop. Mm-hmm. Oh, I miss it. I miss it a lot. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, we uh, so we're down at the water, and uh, yeah, that's my night, man. I like that. That's the best. A couple of good uh, pints or some rum and cokes, whatever. Can't beat it. Are you a, like on the, on the dock? Would you be just beer or you mix up some rum coke? Corona. Yeah. Corona, Corona, yeah. yeah. Really got to get producer Alan Mike, man. He's he, he knows. He just Corona on the dock. Yeah. But as soon as we're out on the boat, I'm probably going for a mixed drink. No kidding. It's crazy. I, yeah. Switch it up. Weird. You got you and Al are so similar, eh? It's like you crazy. guys like just Meaning, spent too much time together. Or a something. lot of similar, but you and Al like Al's a mini you also. Uh, yeah, I know. With I a know. drinking we're, problem. We're very. We're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're very similar. Easy going. Yeah. 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 Well, today was a little bit more of like in depth, but maybe mm. some more of the business stuff, and you know, maybe this one. Will be someone's favorite. Maybe it'll be their least oh, favorite yeah. pod, but whatever. He's listening. You know, that's what this motto is going to be. We're just tossing out mottos. If you know us, uh, shoot us a text if you want to touch on a topic because we'll we'll do anything. We'll yeah. touch on any topic. So, anyways, motto number four. We're out. We're out.